Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, we all get to die and be reborn many times until we figure things out. We never have to hear the song Gotta Get Up by Harry Nilsson again. And Bill Murray is in season two. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television, the glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Talk. I've had like eight coffees and I am flying this morning. Wow. No, I've only had one and I'm on my second. So you're starting this episode off with a lie? Oh my God. (laughs) So that's just, but we'll just keep restarting this episode again and again and again to stay in theme. Absolutely. Um, This is going to be a weird episode. Is it? Yeah, because it's a really weird show. It is a weird show. It's very surreal. I was reading about it on the train in today. And kind of like trying to like get my bearings for like how I totally feel about it. Okay. I sometimes, do you ever do that where you like aren't sure how you feel and you start reading reviews to kind of like have people tell you how you feel? Sometimes I need to touch base and then kind of bounce my feelings off of other people's feelings. So yes, that happens. I didn't feel like that about this show though. Interesting. I very much felt that way. All right. Well, excited to talk about it. I know. Because it is an interesting show that I, you know, on the way over, I was walking over and I was like, you know, just when you think Netflix is boring and we've seen it all comes a show where you're just like, wow, this is just it's giving us a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's like Amy Poehler just like coming out of the woodwork to be like, here's this really weird random thing that I'm going to create and enjoy. It kind of makes sense to me, though, because I feel like she's used to going out on a limb for female-driven, you know, reminds me yeah. of the Broad City Girls. Like, she she knows talent when she sees it. Yeah. She's not afraid to back it. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you want to jump in on this one? Well, tell me what your initial thoughts and feelings are, and um, then I'll tell you mine. I love Natasha Lyonne. Mm-hmm. She's a superstar. A hundred percent. I'm very happy to be on this planet at the same time as her. I love her hair. Oh, my God, her hair. Mm. I just want to, like... It's very, uh... When do we talk about her every episode? But, like, Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) There's something wild and free about it. Yes. Even her fashion is, like, the way that her fashion changes in this show to, like, kind of mark how she's feeling. Mm. Her makeup... Oh, my God, her makeup in this show is phenomenal. Um, But I really am just overjoyed to be walking the earth at the same time Even her friend... I mean, let's... I guess we're diving into it. The fashion of this show. Yeah. What a joy. Incredible. What a delight. Electric blue eyeliner, body chains. I mean, it's everything. like, are we in New York or what? Yeah, it's really quite something. But the Russian doll, so I had it recommended to me by quite a few people. And then... I believe I was one of those people. You were one. And I started watching it and it took me like, I'll be honest, a while to get into. I was not with it off the jump. And... It's a an, while when did you start feeling like you emotionally were like into it when alan it's came not in. a long oh. which is very alan. alan um i don't know what we just did but i'm excited i feel like i it took me till the second person being involved that i was like mm. okay we're building out like a bigger thing here yeah well it's well i loved it from like the first frame I loved the art direction. I love her. I was like, 
ooh, what are we doing here? Where are we going? This is so interesting. And we're kind of, it, I will say it is hard because in the beginning, she's still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. You know, is it the bathroom? Is it the party? Is it, you know, so she, we're kind of having to go through a lot of layers with her before we get to the Allen of it. Well, you're, you're only seeing as much as she knows, right. like the audience only knows as much as she knows. So you're never getting this other perspective. You never get the perspective of the friend. You never get anything other than what she's going through. So you really have to stay with it because she is literally dying and reborn and being reborn like a million times. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Yeah. What did you think of it? Like off the cuff, like, and just kind of jive- diving in. Yeah. I thought it was so fun. Yeah. And interesting. And exciting. And I will say I did love the Alan of it all. Yeah. And I did love, I thought the writing in this show was so beautiful. And the there's that therapist woman. Mm-hmm. Where has she been all of our lives? I know, right? When she talks, I was like, I need to listen. Yeah. She's giving me some truth bombs that I, like we all need to hear. The there authority was something... of her is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, oh, I just feel like it's such a surreal, it's such a like, non-linear story that I feel like I almost can't talk about in a lo- like a linear way. Yeah, it, it, it true, truly. It's really all over the map. You really just have to stick with it. But I think one of the things I really loved about the way that the character like keeps dying and coming back and dying and coming back is like it puts her in such a vulnerable place. And I think that we don't often see female leads in such a dedicated, strong, like a, she's very headstrong. She's very like smart, courageous person, but she's super vulnerable and has mm. no idea what ha- what's happening to her. And I found that really beautiful and, and really relatable because you kind of watch her journey of like having to solve it for herself and for Alan eventually. Well, it's interesting. She kind of goes through these emotional phases of like, I'm invincible and like, whatever, I'm going to party to being like, I'm going to wear a helmet and like, I need to figure this out. So it it is really interesting to kind of see how this ebbs and flows. And essentially the story is, is that, you know, she's dying, she's getting reborn. She doesn't know what's happening truly. Um, But as the audience, I will say, you know, we're watching plants wilt. We're watching (laughs) pets disappear. Like stuff is happening. So we know, even though we're on this endless loop, that there's some kind of forces interacting with us that she needs to figure out. And I think that's what's very interesting. And maybe that's probably where you kind of locked into the story was like, okay, now we're figuring out she knows something else is going on. She knows this other person is like a link to her and together they're going to kind of figure it out. Yeah. But it really is Natasha Leon's character, Nadia. Like it really is Nadia figuring it out. And I think that's what's so cool about Russian doll is the payoff is for her. And Mm -hmm. she really is the one, you know, as much as Alan is like kind of, you know, they're brought into it together and like they're meant to they're meant to meet and they're meant to be friends or at least, you know, at least friends. Yeah. Um, It's really her. And it's really about her, like resolving what happened with her mother, resolving inherited trauma that they kind of get into from the Holocaust. Like there's a lot of um, layers to her that she's kind of forced to confront through this process of not knowing when she's going to die, yeah, but knowing in- she's going to die. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because Alan serves as such a catalyst for her and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a fun. That was a real joy. It was um, it was like the odd couple. Yeah. Of watching them kind of ping pong off of each other's energy and really uncover truths about their lives. 
I, it was such a delight to see this friendship bloom. Yeah. And he was, he was great too. One thing I really loved about Alan is when, um, is when they're like, so he keeps reliving the night that his girlfriend broke up with him. Mm. And every time he keeps going back and having that conversation, she gives another reason for breaking up with him. And it starts as this like really initially like a really combative, defensive, shallow kind of reason. Like, it's just like, oh, like you weren't there for me. So I like had to cheat on you and like move on from you. And then the next time it gets a little deeper and then next time it gets a little deeper and it gets to the point after he's died and been reborn 15 times at this point, he has a conversation with his girlfriend and she's like, I just feel so disconnected from you because you're holding on to so much and you're constantly trying to be perfect. And I don't feel like I fit into your definition of perfect. And it just, it gets to this layer where you're just like thundered by the conversation they're having. And he kind of through the process of having it multiple times starts to let go and starts to shed this need to be perfect and shed this need to hold on to so much all the time. And I thought it was a really, really subtle and beautiful writing to see that process kind of take place of like, how many times do we wish we could revisit a painful conversation Mm. and have a different outcome? Girl. Yes. And have it be a place where we can come to eventually. I mean, it takes him 15 rounds of dying, but eventually he goes to her apartment and it's not this extremely painful, combative, belittling dialogue. It's like this really sad, but mutual kind of respect. I will say, and I'd love to talk more about um, Nadia's family life and unpack that a little bit more. But while we're on the Allen track, that the conversation that he has where he takes responsibility for their relationship. Yeah. Um, broke my heart in such a profound way because it showed such growth yeah. of like, I'm not in this victim pain place anymore. I'm not going to go home and binge ice cream in which we see him kind of process this. He was suicidal at one point. Like we see this intense heaviness of, of, of like a deep, deep relationship that he's clearly been in. And then for him to go in and be like, you know what? Like you showed me time and time again that you weren't happy and I didn't listen. And like, I'm yeah, letting it go and be happy with this guy. Yeah. And like, I'm good. And I will say, I think having Nadia's chaos leveled him out in such a beautiful way too. Cause you know, of course he's, he's learning as he's going and he's hearing more about her life. He's hearing more about his friends' lives. It's, it's interesting. Like when they're like, Oh, you never said that before. Like they're, they're getting deeper into their own experiences by to your point, being authentic mm-hmm. and being vulnerable. Um, but I will, I think that the cool thing is about him and Nadia. There's, there's kind of a ping pong there where he's kind of realizing that the chaos is serving in some ways of letting it go and, yeah. and taking the bike over, which she was like, you're wearing a helmet, like, yeah. you know, nervous for him because it's uncharacteristic. I wish a little bit though, that Nadia's piece was a bit more succinct. Mm. Can we talk about the daughter and that whole thing with the book? And yeah, cause I feel like her, Alan's was wrapped up in such a pretty bow and hers was more abstract her growth totally I feel like one thing I kept thinking about through the the series was like why is it this night that they keep dying on like Mm. why is it the night of her 36th birthday and why is it the night that he gets broken up with by a woman who he wants supposedly wants to be his fiance and eventually wife like why is it this conversation that they're forced to relive and I feel like I never really understood it and I think Mm. part of what I wanted more from, uh, cause I agree with you. I think Alan's 
Alan's arc was a lot more fully formed than Nadia's, which is maybe, you know, something they're going to play out in season two and like get a little bit more into. But I think I wanted more from her friends. Mm. I want it because they were involved, but not really. And it really seemed like in this first season, Nadia just kind of had to be with it and figure it out on her own. And I'm not sure that I completely was with it the entire time. I think that's maybe why it took me so long to get into the series. Um, And everything with her mother, like with the cutting up endless watermelon and like never having any food to eat and the scarcity that she grew up in, despite living in New York City and like this real, like it was just so weird. It's very surreal. Yeah. I don't totally understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. I think that they were, they made a nod to 36 because her mother didn't make it to 36. Right. And so perhaps the birthday had always felt significant to her because it had revolved around the memory of her mother. And I think her growth was forgiving herself for choosing to live with a therapist mm-hmm. and then having her mother, I think we're assuming she commits suicide. Is that, or she dies in the mental institution or something. Yeah, we're something muddy like about that. it. And she's she, not in touch with her when she dies is I think what we're supposed to understand. Yeah. And she's carrying the guilt of that. I kind of, I feel like there was maybe a thread with, so while this is happening, she's, they're kind of reliving her relationship with this married man who has a daughter and there was something there with the daughter that I feel like almost didn't quite totally click. Like she yeah. was avoiding the daughter, mostly because it felt to me like she wasn't he there for the relationship and so yeah. didn't want more baggage. But they, I think that they were like, well, the daughter is significant because it represents her as a young girl. But there was, it was a little too um, of much of a jump, maybe. Agreed. I think um, also there's an interesting piece with Nadia's character where she's, so she's forgiving herself for choosing to live with the therapist over her mother, but she's also really forgiving herself for choosing herself. Mm. And it's kind of like from that day, Nadia, the only thing Nadia does is choose herself. Yeah. She's constantly like, that's why she lives in chaos is because, you know, she's keeps and even Alan says but, to her, you're so selfish. Like you were living, one of, But living for herself in a destructive way. Like the therapist right. is like, you're trying, you've been trying to kill yourself like yeah. forever with the way you're drinking and the way you're doing drugs. So yeah. choosing yourself not in a way that's like positive. Right. Because she associates choosing herself with betraying her mother. Mm. And so it's. We're really unpacking it. <laughs> I'm I like the surreal, writers are listening. It's a real red table conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think that that's kind of fully formed when she meets Alan and Alan's like, oh my God, you are one of the most self-destructive, selfish people I've ever met in my life because all Alan lives for is responsibility, responsibility to other people, responsibility to holding the door open for his neighbor all the way up to like proposing to his girlfriend. I kind of loved how responsible Alan is though. And I loved how OCD his his apartment was. And I kind of. I understood that there it was too much. Right. And that there was not a lot of living going on because it was very structured and you could live in a chaos. But he's just such a good actor. There was such a joy to like his his grow his his like when he finally breathes and we get to see a little bit of play. Yeah. And I, I don't th- think Nadia's there yet. Mm. But I think the big thing about Oh, the other thing that's really interesting is at the end when they can't come together and they don't see each other. Mm. My God, what a heartbreaker. Oh, 
and lost my mind. I know. When he can't see her and she knows that they're going to die, but he like she also can't see him and he knows that they're going to die and it's like they can't come together in it. Right, oh. They're on different time loops. Oh. It was beautiful. It was very like time traveler's wife. Can we go back for a second to the daughter thing? Please. Because I feel like in a lot of ways, if we're looking at the theme that Nadia needs to be responsible to like close her loop and like choose herself in a positive way, I, there's something still kind of destructive about the daughter situation. Yeah. And like her not confronting that relationship in the right way. I And I, I felt like it, it kind of like there was a loose thread that had a lot of weight in the way they kept talking about it, but mm. wasn't actually like, it shouldn't have even been on her timeline, honestly. It wasn't a relationship that was going to serve her. I, I think this is maybe something I'm not totally understanding about the show or maybe just something that wasn't fully formed in the show. But the relationships she has with the two other men did not, again, to your point, did not feel fully formed to me. And that was my reading of why she didn't want to meet the daughter. Well, the first guy she needed, they needed to write in that she slept with him for the ending loop. Yeah, for Alan the whole right, Alan thing for that sense. whole thing but the guy with the daughter yeah 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 I just did not feel he was so icky and I didn't feel connected to him and I didn't under like I read it as like I don't want to meet your daughter because I don't want to be in a relationship with you 100% agree. but then she finally meets the daughter and starts coughing up pieces of glass and like starts coughing up blood and dies um I don't know. I think it's like a piece of it that I don't totally understand. Well, she wants to give the daughter, and maybe we're like really getting into this in a way that is unnecessary, but we're here. So no, we're it, doing it's it. necessary. So maybe she, because she had to get the book because she wanted to give the book to the daughter. And I wonder if this book symbolizes her choosing herself in a positive way. And she's trying to pass that on to the daughter. So maybe it, it's not about the relationship. Maybe it's about her getting on the step of choosing herself and that's kind of around the time where she starts to see herself as a little girl. Am I right? Yeah. So maybe it's more about, you know, kind of serving the next generation. Like there's a, a little girl thread there that is more important than the John of it all. Maybe. And it's like written by the same person who wrote Anne of Green Gables who committed suicide. And that's like a plot point for some reason. Well, like, I think maybe another hearken to the mother. Right. Maybe. And maybe also she just like deeply liked the book and wanted it to be like, thinks it should stand alone next to Anna of Green, Anne of Green, Anne of Green, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. What did you think about how they, I just want to know more about Nadia's character. I feel like I didn't, I loved her, but I couldn't tell you why I loved her. I feel like it was like an interesting the dying and re being reborn kind of drove me crazy after three episodes. And I was like ready to kick the can until Alan comes in. Okay. But there's something, I think it, this, what this show does a really good job of is, is again, staying with her mm -hmm. and, and kind of making the audience be with this really chaotic. She's not really likable. She's not really like someone you want to hang out with necessarily. Do you think so? I, I think she's so charming. She's so charming, but she's like so much. I, but it it's all working. I know, but it's like, <laughs> it's so, I think what I appreciate is it's so different and it really like challenged me and I can't put my mm. finger totally on why. Well, I think we're so used to kind of seeing a male protagonist 
and like a male journey and just being like, yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're on board. Reminds like me of the way you're describing her, which in this show is like not the same as like House. Like he, like the anti-protest or like House of Cards. You're not really sure you're on the line with them, but like as the audience member, because it's a male lead, you buy into it. Yeah. And I think this show assumes that like she takes up all the space and it's like we're buying into it. Like yeah. she's just, and, and I honestly was from the very first frame was like, I'm here for the show. Like with the art direction, the friends, I think to your point were phenomenal. There was such like a candor. The writing in the show, again, it was so good. It felt so fun. I wish we got to see a little bit more of the friends. Mm -hmm. We got like little nods of her personality when she said she couldn't adopt the Mastiff puppies, which is such a random thing, but so such a good nugget. Yeah. And told us everything we needed to know about the way she's caring for people and where her friends are. And and even like that she, you know, her friends wanted to, want to kind of expand and grow their families and she's kind of not in that space and not wanting anyone like we're getting so much from these little little nuggets um and she's so fucking charming yeah like she's so she's so brilliant and bold and i think because it's authentic to who she is as a i mean i don't know this woman but i it feels real and whether or not you might be able to like get on board or whatever like you can't deny that it feels authentic absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, man, this show like really stumped me. Um, But I hear you with like, we trust it when it's like a male lead to just kind of follow it and that it's going somewhere. Right. Yeah. And with this one, I almost felt a little out of breath in the first few episodes because we're seeing it just from her and she just has no idea what's going on. So like you as the audience are kind of her surrogate in the sense that you're just as confused as she is right i was like oh my god i need to like take a step like i was like i almost needed to like take a break like i'm like this is so much the other thing i really like about this show and this is purely a production note is that it shows a part of the city a part of new york that we don't often get to see in in tv and movies it's like almost exclusively filmed in the east village and around Tompkins square park which i thought was very cool and a very cool choice it's like a different it's a different Manhattan than we're used to seeing. I wonder why I'm interested in like what challenged you. Like you what was your like subconscious bias about it? You just you didn't believe her or like what were what what was rubbing you? Do you know? Can you name it? Um No. I mean I <laughs> I should be able to name it because I'm gonna on a need podcast. you to really reflect yeah, on it. Yeah, I know. Gonna need a to later like, date. Gonna need to I mean you don't have deep. to know. Sometimes you just it's just a feeling that it feels off. I'd like to unpack it a little bit more. So would I. I feel like I'm like, and next week we'll join join us while we continue to search our subconscious. But I don't know what it was. I, I mean, I got on board and I thought the ending was phenomenal. Can we talk about the ending? Well, no. We have Why? to go back still. Do you think that she needed Alan to anchor it? Because you said yeah, Alan kind I, of. Yeah, or Alan do you th- completely sold it for me. Oh. I love her, mm-hmm. but I just felt like I was spiraling. I see. I felt like I was spiraling until Alan got because in. Because the plot was spiraling? Or yeah. do you think she wasn't enough? Ooh. Ooh. I think because the plot was spiraling. Okay. Because I love her. Spiraling's the wrong word. We were unpacking still what the plot was to be. No, the first couple episodes are very spirally. Oh, I disagree. What? I think they're setting the foundation for all this other information. 
I mean, obviously, but that's something we know after we watch the series. Or the yeah, season. but I still, I was intrigued. I thought every episode we're getting deeper, we're getting darker, we're figuring. Mm. I didn't feel like we weren't, I feel like they knew where they were taking us. I never felt like we were spiraling or that nobody knows what's going on. I Maybe felt, I, was just I really trusted we're going somewhere, we're Fair. learning with her. Fair. We're Maybe figuring it out. Maybe I was spiraling because I would watch this the week <laughs> I moved. So I was like, oh my God, this is so chaotic. Mm. Um, I hear you though. It's like, is she enough? And like, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, yes. Wow. But Diana. maybe it wasn't till Alan got there. Yeah. Which I, oh. Well, I will say that when we started seeing the flashbacks of Chloe and uh, playing her mother, we were given well, a- Well, I thought you're on a first name basis with like Chloe, Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce your last name. <laughs> um, I feel like we got we got a thicker version of the character. And so maybe what would have helped- you and perhaps other viewers is if we had a little bit more of a of depth of understanding where she's at because we don't get introduced about the mother stuff until alan is there to prod it really out of her so perhaps a little bit of more character development in the beginning would have served honestly i think i was really threatened by her Ooh! now that i'm sitting here now in you're the hot seat with, uh-huh I think I was really threatened by her at the Tell beginning. Well, just when like she's so strong mm. and she's just so hard with and her I think, suit and her eyeliner and the hair, yep. the curly bangs, which the how are you pulling side. off curly bangs? Um, in the scene where she goes to work finally and she has to sit with all of those bro coders, <laughs> the dev team. I love that they didn't spend too much time on the coding thing. I was like, ugh, a girl coder, like... I know. I was yeah. like, let's not get Girl with the Dragon tattoo on this. Yes. Um, I found it to... I just found... I was irked by her. Mm. And, I, and I think she challenged me to, like, like why? Because she just sauntered in late and she was yeah. drunk. She's and- so cool, girl. She's so cool, girl. But she's cool, girl, in a way that, like, she actually is cool, girl. Right. And that's the level I think that this show takes it to is like, she is a very, she's not here to be saved. She's like, I got to go take this call. It's my drug deal. Oh my God. <laughs> but you're, but it was. And her friends are very cool girl. And like, mm. they're all very cool. Diane, and do you think you couldn't be friends with Nadia? Oh my God. I can't be friends with people who wear electric blue eyeliner and body Diana, chains. you could do it. Oh my God. Bless you. But no. <laughs> Oh, um, I love that we're really getting into it. But yeah, I was really threatened by her. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I <laughs> I feel called out. You know, I, I hear you. I think it I I thought she was more aspirational than than feeling threatened. You were like, I got my shit. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm ready to throw some eyeliner and step my pussy up. <laughs> <laughs> if that ain't the call for Feminist Wednesday, I don't know what is. Step your pussy up but yeah i think that i think that i was a little intimidated yeah i liked it so let's talk about that now that we've now that we've decoded your subconscious bias <laughs> now that you've held my thumb screws down and- what did you think about the morality kind of piece of or like the lesson of this show because i do feel like they were really anchoring you know to give us this ending where these two people are helping each other And I thought, you know, this could really go awry. And I thought they did it in a really beautiful way. And I think to your point, because they're on different timelines and they have to kind of start over with each other in their lives that they will continue to live. I thought it was so heartbreaking. 
and yet so wonderful at the same time that they were going to continue to champion and be there for each other. I think there are very few times where I watch a show and I know something is so profound, but I can't in the moment tell you why. Mm -hmm. And the ending of the final episode was like that for me. I was so moved and I was so um, just, yeah, overwhelmed with what I was seeing on screen and what the, what I knew the show was saying. And I think, uh, what is the show saying? I think, I mean, it's so surreal and abstract. I almost don't want to like box it in and label it. Cause sure. I think that there are a lot of conclusions you can draw from the season finale. But one of the things that just reigns so true for me is that sometimes choosing yourself means letting other people in. Mm. And I think that's that- a super so moment. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah. That's a tweetable <laughs> tweet that. But truly, I think both of them, you know, in different, they're almost two sides of the same coin. She had learned to be so hard and so independent and so, um, you know, living in a really chaotic space where it's just about her and her needs and her wants and what she needs in that moment. And he, on the other side, was living for all this responsibility, but was hardened in his own way where he wasn't letting anything in that was that would complicate or messy his life. Mm-hmm. And I think that both of them had to learn to soften and and understand that you don't need to be perfect, Alan. You don't need to be perfect in order to be worthy. Mm-hmm. And Nadia, you don't need to constantly create all this chaos to distract people from the fact that you're a human being. Right. And I think that that was something that really reigned true for me in the finale. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think the seeking of community and I feel like also the city played like a really mm-hmm. beautiful, almost like a melody in the background of like the way people floated in and out, even with the way like that old man interacted, like a very small oh. example, like, you know, Alan's there opening the door for this old man and then you know, when Nadia is in front of him, they have this beautiful banter about his wife that died. Like there's amazing the writing on the show. I mean, there are just so many beautiful orchestrations and illustrations of the way people and the way community heals you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a joy to see these two polar opposites kind of connect. And I feel like it's, I mean, when I think about like, trying to find like mom friends for example like it's so hard to connect with people it's so hard to find people who are like on your level and you know to find somebody who's gonna like totally shake up your world and your identity like what a beautiful thing to show in a show and there's something too about the piece of like we're all gonna die we all know that on some level but we all believe i mean we all believe it's in the very distant future and for nadia and alan it's today to confront it and they have to confront it and they have to realize it's a part of their lived reality so there becomes almost this narrative when you get you know when they start to really work together and really try to figure out what's happening to them they're like oh my god we have to figure this out before we die right and urgency there's urgency there's urgency to connect there's urgency to uncover there's Mm -hmm. urgency for nadia to figure out what the fuck happened with her mom and why that lives in her chest in such a heavy Mm -hmm. way and there's urgency for Alan. Like, I love the scene when he has coffee with his friend and he kind of was like, well, I broke up with her and like, you know, it was my decision and that kind of thing. And like it, it's almost like this breaking down of the barriers and of the walls that we put up because we know that it's 
going to come to an end. The mortality of it is very real. Mm. And I think that that's a beautiful thing in this show, too. For sure. What did you think of the homeless man? Oh, my God. I love that scene where she gives the family heirloom necklace to her to the guy. Mm. Loved it. But again, I don't I don't know. I don't fully understand why. I just know it was really cool. Well, I think she wanted to release herself of the weight of it. Right. Right. And that necklace scene played quite a role, though, in this. I'm still I think I'm unpacking that part of of his role and the way that he treated them differently, too, Mm -hmm. because he took on different almost like a different face when he was with Nadia and then kind of was the skis with Alan. Yeah, it was was, he was an interesting character. Yeah, for sure. I almost thought he was going to be somebody who kept dying. They were going to throw him in the mix because he seemed to have such a big part. I thought but maybe they just really liked crazy. Him. I thought he was going to end up being almost like an angel or something. Agreed. Agree. <laughs> agreed. I was like, we're giving him like a lot a of divine spate. force. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. Especially yeah. at the end when he's kind of leading the parade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Interesting. What about season two? And why is Bill Murray in it? Well, this is Groundhog Day. Okay. This show. Have you seen Groundhog Day? No. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Don't at me. Who are you? I mean, this is the plot of Groundhog Day, and I kind of feel like... And so this Bill is, just wants to pop in and say, hey? I think it'd be fun to do a Bill Murray cameo. He's very New York. He's very much like... Is Bill New York? Oh, yeah. Where does Bill live? I don't know On a first-name basis with him, Bill too. Murray lives. Kent, do you know? In the West Village with everybody else? I think he's an Upper East Sider. <gasps> really? Or an Upper West Kent, Sider. can you Google it? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to genuinely know what part of New York he's creeping in. I mean, I'm just saying that as a weirdo. Because I feel like you can't really is talk really about Russian Doll without talking about Groundhog Day. All right. Well, I came to the table unprepared. <laughs> I mean, for season two, I don't know where this is going. We I didn't know where it was Alan. going at all. What if we lose Alan? They're still going to be in it together? Or no, it's just going to be Nadia and maybe Bill. If we... <laughs> But would they do the same thing again where she's dying? No. If we lose Alan, we may lose Diana. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, well, that's my thing. Like, we can't... They pitched it to Netflix as a th- as three seasons, I believe. Oh, great. So it's going to be over after three. Well, they know what they're doing. Right. Again, I'm, tra- I'm going to let go the women. And, and let... Amy Poehler do her thing. Exactly. Let Amy. You used to have a house in Rockland County in the Palisades. Ooh. Palisades. Okay, Bill. Bill's up there. He's like a part of the jazz scene here. He's his son. His son owns a bar in Greenpoint. He's very New York. Really? His children? Oh, yeah. How many children? children? I don't know anything about Bill Murray. I mean, I think they're like thirty. <laughs> well, of course. I'm just saying. I didn't. I don't know anything. Is he's mar- Is he still married? Mm, I would not think so. I don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. He seems like kind of a bachelor. To be honest, I haven't really followed a his squirrely, career. Uh, He's very secretive. He's a little bit of a loon. Yeah. I think he plays a loon because I think he gives him more power. Oh, yeah. Remember when we did the episode about um, Witches of Eastwick and Jack Nicholson was like, everyone, just pretend you're crazy. Everyone will think you're a genius. Yeah. I think he's doing a little of that. Oh, for sure. There's like a whole, there's a whole mythology around him and he really plays into it. Sure. Why not? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) he's been married twice. He's not married right now. Okay. Good to know. Married twice. Bill Murray. Dying Best and being reborn. Best of luck to you, finding love, Bill. <laughs> My Aunt Holly is single. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
matchmaker. Putting it on the table. She could move down from Buffalo. I mean, to live in the Palisades, I feel like that's great. Is that what they're called? Yeah, but he sold that house. Oh. I'm sure he still has a place. I bet he's in Gowanus or something. Ooh, that'd be funky. Wouldn't that be fun? Because then he could wear those scuba hats near the canal. (laughs) (laughs) And eat ample Hills ice cream. What do you think about the fact that they're making Ghostbusters with all original cast and not with the women? Excuse me? Did you not know this? Pardon me? (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying? Yeah, they're uh, just going to blip over the all-female cast that they created, and they're going to make it with all original cast for the next one. This episode is over. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the note for today. Right. Do you know what the director said about it? What did the director say? This one's for the fans. (gasps) Moment of silence. Leslie Jones tweeted, like, fuck you and fuck all of you and I hate all of you. And it's like, we didn't fucking matter. I mean. Who said this? Who said this when it came out? Oh, my God. I am in shambles. Yeah, it's it's a really upsetting piece of fact. Wow. That is I didn't not tell you good. because you've been in a very blissful place. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hide this from I me? Protected, I protected you from the news because I didn't want to... Didn't want to rock the boat. Wow, that's awful. That is just disgraceful. Yeah, it's really bad. Wow. So maybe we don't hope Bill Murray comes into season two of Russian Doll. We hope he stays with his Ghostbusters. I mean, I have no words. You are so on the whole body. I know. I'm I'm devastated. (laughs) Truly. Oh my god. This isn't good. It's not great, but you know what? We need to do better. Yeah, we keep doing better, and then we keep taking you know a few two steps, steps back. forward, ten steps back, ten steps back. I mean, how can you bake the whole thing over again and then pretend that didn't happen? I mean, for yeah. the fans, are they out of their fucking minds? Mm. Like, what about all the fans that like loved that movie? Right. Oh my god, it's just it's. I'm truly speechless. Yeah, I. I can't believe I didn't tell you to. Well, now we know. God bless Leslie Jones for now calling them out. We can't even continue this episode, truly. I don't know where to go from here. I, got I mean, I think it's a good space to leave it in. I'm excited for season two. I'm excited to see where this goes. I I'll need watch to... it and I'll tell you if Alan is in it and then you can watch it if okay, you're that sounds interested. Good. No, I need to continue to confront my own feminism and embrace Ooh. Nadia as a character. And I love it. Investigate why I feel so threatened by her and scared and intimidated by her. Maybe you need a perm. I tried to. I tried to once. Really? Yeah. Your hair's too straight. Did it not take? Oh my god, my hair couldn't have cared less. They were like, "What is all?" My hair was like, "What is all this chemical?" Remember what we, we tried doing? to give you hot, like pink highlights, and your hair was like, "No, I don't think so." My hair's just so mean. You need to damage it more in order for it to take more product. Ugh. If I've learned nothing about the hair care game, I'm just gonna be Gwyneth Paltrow and have the long straight blonde hair for my life. Well, there could be worse things. Happy Feminist Wednesday, Erin. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Beaver Talk. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!